This episode of the National Trust podcast was made possible by Cotswold Outdoor, recommended outdoor retail partner for the National Trust. You're listening to the National Trust podcast. I'm Joe Dyson from the National Trust in the Southeast, and today I'll be embarking on a Lake District adventure. For many people, time spent in the Lake District conjures up memories of warm spring strolls, hot summer hill walking, and crisp autumn rambles. Fewer people have memories of the lakes in the winter, but this is a time of the year when the lakes still have so much to offer. Today, I've come to Wadsdale in the Western Lakes, the home of England's highest mountain and some spectacular walks. As I arrived last night, this area was experiencing the tail end of Storm Dennis. I'd wanted to camp and tackle Scarfell Pike, but with these weather conditions, I've come to the base of the Wadsdale Mountain Rescue Team to find out what might be a better route to take on today. Hi Richard, great to meet you. Welcome to the rescue base. I wanted to get some advice from you. We've had Storm Dennis whipping up the weather over here, but hopefully there's still a good walking route that we can do today that's safe. Come through to the vehicle bay and I can give some good advice. Watch the step. Thank you. You'll see we've got a variety of vehicles, mainly Land Rovers, but also a rescue boat. I was just gonna say, (laughs) I wasn't expecting to see a boat, What sort of situations do you tend to get called out to here? We get a lot of searches, uh, and these are people who are missing or lost. 30% of the call-outs that we do in Wasdale are preventable. People don't do any preparation, they don't have the right kit or experience. If you haven't got suitable footwear, you can sprain or fracture your ankle or even dislocate it. So what sort of precautions can people take to prevent these ankle injuries? good footwear, walking boots that cover your ankles and and protect them. These walking poles, very, very good for crossing rivers and also coming downhill. I wish I'd started using walking poles when I was in my 30s. Well, I call these jelly spikes. You can put these over any form of footwear, like a, a big rubber ring with metal spikes. And they're very good on iced up paths, not steep snow. The other thing that I carry, it's a survival tent. This tiny bag that I can hold in one hand... In one hand, ..is a tent. If you're injured, get other people into the tent to keep you warm. It's amazing how that will very quickly warm up. People won't take a torch because it's a nice sunny day. They get lost, it then gets dark. When it's dark without a torch, you cannot get off the mountain safely. What else might I need, Richard? Waterproof, windproof, you know, leggings, jackets, spare gloves, energy bars, sandwiches. I carry a power bank. I'm not asking people to rely on smartphones for navigation, but phones are critical for raising the alarm. And if you can't make a call, there is a text number that people can text into um, and the police will pick up on a text message. What sort of walk do you think I should tackle? If you want, we can go through to the control room and I can show you a couple of routes on the map. 
we've got the map in front of us. There are a number of possible routes that you could do reasonably safely today. The one I think that would be really good for you would be starting at Wasdale Head campsite here and you head between Scorfell and Ilgill Head on the Screes, then you'll be passing Burnmore Tarn. What, what is a tarn? Well, tarn is a little lake across the top and down into Boot in Estale. That's probably a six kilometre walk. How long do you think that would take? A good two hours, two and a half hours. Compass and map, absolutely essential. The weather can come in and even if it's on a bright day, you can actually get disorientated in there. Could you give me a little refresher? OK, well, we've got a map in front of us. Rotate it so the vertical grid lines on the map point to north on the compass. Set yourself a bearing. Setting a bearing is basically putting the edge of the compass by the tarn, and you're wanting to go to boot. Rotate so that these lines are in line with these blue grid lines. There's a little blue arrow, and that is the direction you want to walk. That's just the basics of navigation. Don't go tackling Everest just yet. No, we'll, we'll stick with this walk for today. <laughs> well, good luck, and... Uh, I normally say to people, I hope I never see you again. <laughs> but um, that's in my sort of volunteer professional capacity. OK. <laughs> so, yes, I hope you have a successful day and uh, the rain stays off. I'm now making my way to the Wastel campsite where I've arranged to meet Ian, a National Trust ranger, who's going to help me along the route. Now, this is the west of the Lake District and it's really, really quite different from the hustle and bustle of Windermere or Ambleside. It's very beautiful, but in a really remote, almost barren kind of way. Looking around me, there's lots of sheep, lots of mountains, one house, and not a single other person. Oh, Storm Dennis still seems to be about. It's pretty blustery here. But looking around me, this is a beautiful campsite, sort of nestled amongst the towering mountains on the edge of Wastel Lake. Oh, there's the hut. You must be Ian. I am indeed. Hello, Joe. Are you ready for your adventure? I can't wait to get out there, just to have a quick look at the map first so I can get my bearings. Are we here on the map? Yes. And then we're going to head off on that route towards Burnmore Tarn? Yeah, yeah, we're heading past the woodland there. Now, Ian, that route looks pretty straight to me up to the Burnmore Tarn. Do you really think we need a compass and a map for well, this bit? Because that's not a well-trodden route, when you actually get onto the open fell, you will see two or three faint paths heading in different directions and you really need to actually get a map and compass actually to work out which is your route. Shall we get our compass bearings? Yeah, so, so that's the top of the map, so those are north, that's a line. What did Richard say? By lining up the arrow with putting with north in the direction of that. It's actually pretty tricky, isn't it? I've got the compass bearing, I think. OK, do we head off in that direction, Ian? Actually, no, no. No? Oh. No, we're, we're heading over that way. Wasdell is an undeveloped valley and it's just water rock and sky. It's just a kind of elemental simplicity about it. What's this stream that we're about to pass over? This is, this is Lingwell Gill. This is the gill actually flows down from Scorfell Pike. So, are we heading in the right way now? 
Well, I think so. Because we seem to be heading along the lake shore rather than going upwards. We're actually heading to that low point in the skyline. What you have to bear in mind as well, you might take a bearing for Burnmore Tarn, but we're not actually heading directly towards Burnmore Tarn because we've got like a fence on one side and a stream on the other. Yeah. There's quite a lot of that give and take where you just work yourself towards where you want to be without necessarily going straight there. Now then, we've got another junction here. We do. Should we get our bearings? We've got the stream down our left, bearing away from the stream and the woods on our left. I think we go up there. That's right, yeah. Great. Suddenly, in it opens up and it looks very lush and green here. To the left, how the sun is landing oh, on yeah, the mountain yeah, there. A patch of light on the side of Lingwell. Oh, that looks beautiful. Yeah. What, what are all the mountains that we can see around us now? There's that huge one to the right. So starting from the left-hand side, sort of sweeping around clockwise, we've got yew barrow, hidden among the mist there, you've got Pillar, you've got Kirkfell with its top in the clouds, and to the right of that you've got Great Gable, and then behind that sort of skyline is the summit of Scorfell Pike at 978 metres. Where we are now, we have uh, England's deepest lake, Washwater, something like 78 metres or possibly even more. It looks quite dark, it's sort of black and a bit yeah, choppy with the wind. It, it can change quite a lot. I think Washwater is actually quite unusual. It's actually changed very little from the Ice Age. It has very few nutrients in it, which means it's quite pure water. As the Ice Age ceased and the landscape warmed and uh, the ice retreated, lakes became more habitable for different species. One of the distinctive species of fish in there is a thing called the Arctic char. It was probably one of the first fish to actually sort of colonise lakes after sort of 8,000 BC when the ice age pretty much ended. Half the time we're kind of on a path, sometimes just in the grass, and then other times we're just walking through water. <laughs> it does actually make it quite heavy going walking through some of these sort of boggy bits. Looks like we want to start climbing a little bit to the left by the looks of the map. Okay, so let me put the ruler of the compass alongside the green walking line in the direction we want to go. And then I'll line up the compass, so that way. So actually you're stepping off the path. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Great. Second time round, I think I've got the hang of this. Let's go. You can easily go the wrong way in, can't you, when you're just following the path and chatting away as we are. Hello. We're heading towards Burnmore Tarn. Is it that way? Just follow the cairns. How far are we? Maybe not 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Oh, good. Thank you. Have a good day. OK, up there. So although we've got these mountains either side of us, the valley's very wide, isn't it? It's quite a huge expanse. So we've been walking for quite a while now, Ian. Are you sure we haven't passed the tarn? It can be quite deceptive when you're walking on mountainous terrain. You have to bear in mind it is, it is quite slow going. So, yeah, this, this is the problem where quite a lot of times people actually sort of think they've gone further than they really have. They, don't know that they might say to themselves, well, this is the point where we're actually veer to the right. So they find themselves veering to the right when they shouldn't actually be going to that, in that direction at all. 
So quite often this is a thing about having patience, just, just, just trusting to the surroundings, having another check with the map and make sure your bearings are right. It can take quite a long time to actually get to where you want to be. The land's getting a little bit drier underfoot now, so we're definitely a bit higher. So we're coming up to a bit of a brow of the hill here. I still can't see the tarn. It's always quite a frustrating thing. It's like heading towards the skyline. You think you should be getting nearer, but it's just, yeah. it takes quite a while for, actually, for the skyline to actually get there. You have to be careful to pace yourself. You know, If you see where you want to be, don't go racing towards it as fast as you can. I can see a tiny slither of water emerging into view. Oh, it looks beautiful. Oh, another rain that was forecast wow, has started. Yeah. Ian, I can't believe the change in the weather. The wind's picked up, starting yeah. to drizzle, and actually, it's quite, quite yeah. cold, isn't yeah. it? I feel like we have suddenly dropped in temperature quite drastically. That combination of the wind blowing the rain across us as well. Now looking at the water on the tarn, it almost looks like the oh, sea, quite, it's yeah, so it's choppy. Of, yeah, quite, some, quite a lot of waves. You can actually see the rain sweeping across and the hills are starting to disappear from view now. Yeah. It's actually quite dark. Oh, now it's started hailing. It's, uh, it's a completely different environment. Yeah. Now you can't see the reflections yeah. on the water. We are mid-winter, for yeah. sure. I can really see what Richard meant now, because if we were halfway up Scarfell Pike, well, yeah, and we're, this we're, came in, and you didn't have yeah. the right clothes and the right equipment, you could really be in trouble, couldn't you? You can actually see the whiteness on the top of Scarfell as well, where the sort of hailstones have settled oh, on the ground yeah. there, so that really will be quite cold. There's sort of microclimates everywhere you look. Over there, we've got pockets of blue sky. Behind us, you can see the rain clouds that have passed over. But the wind is strong, isn't it? And the sun has come out and it looks absolutely beautiful. It's always one of these things about sort of late winter, early spring. When the sun's really low, you get sort of different effects. You actually see things you wouldn't normally see. So the low sun illuminates crags and makes reflections where you wouldn't otherwise see them. It does yeah. look beautiful. How long do you think it's taken us to get to this point? It's actually been about two hours plus. We are only really halfway. It's taking us a lot longer than we expected. Oh, I do love being this remote though. You feel very free, don't you? Yeah. If we just pause and look around us, there isn't a single other soul. You can see down there on our left, we've got Will and Beck the stream running along. Looking at the map here, the green path just seems to follow with the stream, the Will and Beck to our left the whole way. Yeah, Will and Beck just guiding us down. I'm feeling pretty confident with the map reading now, so let's continue. It's 10 past four now, and we're really starting to lose the light. All the things that Richard was telling me earlier about how the weather can change suddenly, take a torch, because if you're taking longer than you think, are all kind of starting to ring quite true to me. So we see the first bit of man-made infrastructure for a while, the gate. But now we're officially leaving the fell and going back into farmland. There we go. 
We'll continue along the side of the wall. Yeah, we're following the tracks back down past Gilbank Farm. And the landscape's really changing now, isn't it? And we've gone from sort of huge expanse of openness and now feeling very kind of sheltered by oh, the yeah, gorse yeah. and the trees. And then the setting sun between oh, the yeah, hills straight change. ahead. Is that frog spawn in the water? Oh yeah, it is. That's, that's quite surprising. It's still a bit early in the day. Some more life. Oh yeah, a little sheep. traditional herd of sheep that Beatrix Potter was so fond of. Oh, what's that in the distance? <gasps> are we finally seeing boots after all this I time? I think we are. Yeah. Close to the path, so yeah, that must be boots. So we've just reached this way marker. I can see Boot Village to my left. And this sign is saying Wasdale, three and a half miles. I'm mm. sure we've done yeah, more than three and yeah, a half miles. Yeah, that's a very long three and a half miles. <laughs> I think at the start of the day, I was actually a bit disappointed with how much I had forgotten in terms of navigating, orienteering, mm. knowing how to use a compass. Now I'm feeling more confident with that. You know, I really would always take you know, a map and a compass with me just to give me that reassurance that if the weather changed or the lost visibility, that I'd know how to get me and whoever I was with back. Talking about orientating ourselves on the map, looking straight ahead there, would that be Brook House? That could very well be it, yes. Would they be serving a drink now? I, I think it's very likely that you could actually get a drink down there. Yeah, yeah. OK, well, can I treat you to a drink, Ian, to say oh, thank you for oh, getting us back to, oh, back yeah. to safety? Yeah, thank you very much, yes, yeah, well, can indeed. Well, thank you, I've really enjoyed that walk. I've left Ian in the cosy pub and I'm back at Wasdale campsite where I started my walk. I've just entered a sweet little enclave of little camping pods, little wooden structures. I didn't much fancy a tent in the middle of February. This is my one for the night. Oh, someone's put the heater on. This is gonna make a lovely home for the night. So I'm going to get a few hours sleep now before I'm off to meet Lewis a National Trust ranger who's going to take me on a rather unique Lake District nighttime adventure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the National Trust podcast. Next time, I'll be learning a completely new way to experience the Lake District with a spot of stargazing and nighttime photography. So to make sure you don't miss that episode, subscribe to the National Trust podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to find more audio programmes produced by the National Trust, go to nationaltrust.org.uk forward slash podcasts. For information on staying safe in the mountains, take a look at our show notes. So until next time, from me, Joe Dyson, goodbye. This episode of the National Trust podcast was made possible by Cotswold Outdoor, recommended outdoor retail partner for the National Trust.